Hello, and welcome to the Facing the Gates podcast. My name is Bailey. My name is Michael. And my name is David. And my name is Bailey. And my name is Michael. <laughs> my name is David. <laughs> and we're just going to keep doing this. this. This is stupid. This is a dumb bit. All right, anyway. Um, so last week, we talked about the paranormal and whether or not ghosts exist and the implications of that. And uh, basically... I am a paranormal investigator, and I told you about my escapades as a ghost hunter and whatnot. And then, what was... I know David was like, yeah, I don't believe it, because I haven't experienced it. What, yeah. what was your conclusion? I believe in ghosts, and I want to fuck with ghosts. Like, I want to hang out with a ghost. Okay. Like, I'm down for some, like, Ouija board what, shit. Did you, did you... Did we ever, like, come to conclusions about, like, how, like, the argument went? Like, if you believe in the paranormal that that might lead to a supernatural being of sorts like a god yeah as like so like you agree with that basically yeah that's something we call yeah. kind of all agree we on. all agree on it okay cool which when david finds a ghost he's no longer a filthy atheist and we got to find another atheist yeah that's his that's his opening we got to just take him on a ghost hunt yeah, and then we got to find another and atheist to sit in his seat though so you know you know my luck nothing would happen yeah. And you're just like, um, like, something was supposed to happen. No, me and Bailey just have, like, the most vivid, l- mind-breaking moment. Uh-huh. And Dave is just like, I don't get it, guys. I just yeah. took acid before this, and I think y'all might have <laughs> drank out my bottle. Yeah, I want to... One thing I, I didn't really push you on before we get into this week's episode, um, actual topic, uh, I didn't really push you because because you said like well it's only it's only i don't because you said uh, i said how do you explain the evidence that we've collected and you said well since i haven't experienced it i I don't believe in it regarding the paranormal yeah and i'm like well if you applied that logic to anything else uh in life you'd probably be in trouble because there's a lot of things that you don't experience but you take as true like true happiness that okay. does not exist. So, I don't know. I, I feel like that's a little bit faulty logic there for reasoning there. Also, we've got a, a we've got a puppy in the room. We're paying attention to. If you hear any things weird falling apart, like that. Um, I don't know if that's picking up on the mic. She's playing with a plastic container right now. Yeah. So her water dish. So if this this one is scuff, I we all apologize. Yeah, yep. she's bad. Got got love when you rescue a pupper. Really unprofessional podcast. But do you have any thoughts on that before we move on? Or yeah, not really yeah. right now. My my brain's been dead from taking care of said pupper. Okay. I, I did not expect having a little pupper, but so do driver's license exist? Yes, <laughs> but you've never experienced one. <laughs> I don't know. I've experience yours and held yours i have a permit yeah but it's not yours it's not an experience for you david you're conscious you don't experience it yeah but what happened if consciousness is just made up and i have no control over everything that's then david. there's something else that's in control there's some higher power there well then there's no higher power and this is just like a freak experience what you mean, like a simulation, which would require a higher power? No, no. AKA, not not a process, not a simulation, but just kind of like unordered chaos that somehow unordered has had chaos. That is, uh, that's a contradiction in terms. Yeah, like bro, well, you know, how could it be an unordered chaos, David? That's a double negative if you said well, unordered. You you know what I mean? Just like something like a super chaotic happening. That I kind of know what you mean, this. but like it it but doesn't bro, make sense. You're stretching these walls too far. The roof ain't gonna stay up. All right, well, we're gonna longer. talk about something else. We'll, we'll yeah. <laughs> this, this is a tangent. Uh, this week, uh, this has been like five minutes. Anyway, uh, we're we're gonna talk about love and beauty. You know, we know all these things, uh, what they are, and the meaning of life and such. Uh, so these are. Uh, two separate arguments for God's existence, but we're kind of going to discuss them each individually uh, in the same episode because they're they're kind of smaller things to talk about, I think, compared to the other, like, origins of the universe. Um, so, regarding the first half of that, love. Uh, why do we experience love? 
why do we perceive beauty? Uh, well, actually, this is this is just for the the episode as a whole. Uh, why do we experience love? Why do we perceive beauty? Why are these two things unique to the human experience, and what could that mean for our existence? So, uh, regarding love, what exactly is love? We can agree that it is an intuition, but is that intuition reducible to a chemical reaction in the brain, or is there something more existential about our experience of love? So I wanted to turn that over to you guys and see what you thought. What do you think love is, Michael? Dude, I don't fucking know. I don't know how to explain. Well, it depends on the type of love. Like romantic love. Or like, I mean, well, that's true. There because, are different like, types. When, uh, if I'm friends with someone I and I want to bang them, am I in love with them? No, I just want to... Well, if you want to... I think you might be confused if, if that's the case, but... Yeah, there's a difference between... But, yes, you're right. There, yeah. There's, like, romantic love, family love, yeah. friendly love. and, like, for example, general, a mom like, acquaintance with their, love. A mom with their child, or, say, also seeing, like, a human taking care of their dog or their puppy releases oxytocin, mm-hmm. which is the bond... Kind of what's known as, like, the bonding, bonding chemical. chemical. Yeah. And then, kind of, romantic love releases different chemicals and some can have actually have like a light opiate kind of effect with like that's why some people when they kind of get those butterflies in the stomach a little bit nauseous Mm -hmm. yeah i would say obviously it's a very complex emotion but it it involves other emotions it's not just one thing uh i guess this definition would probably relate more to like romantic love because like while animals might appear to have some degree of emotion I mean, they don't experience yeah. that to the same level that humans yeah. do i mean and like some animals do experience at least somewhat what we would consider love like for example guinea pigs mm-hmm. when they bond when one dies the other goes because they can't li- stand living without the other one and there has been like monogamous animals that bond for life dude i'd rather <clears throat> be like a non-monogamous animal if i'm gonna be a fucking animal but i think the reason that love in humans makes sense is have you ever seen a fucking baby yeah they all look like potatoes dude if i set that thing on the ground that fucker's gonna die yeah like he can't communicate he can't pick himself up and walk so you need more than one person to make a whole baby baby thing work because back when humans started someone needed to take care of the baby because you leave that fucker alone is dead i mean that also and you need someone to go get the food i mean that yeah. also happens with other animals like daddy penguins mommy penguins stuff like yeah that. but at least those little fuckers can move yeah but a, a human baby they, they want to crawl but they also want to stand a chance on their own they'd say a better chance than a fucking human baby well, true. They they'll last a few days where the baby might just get picked picking up and ate. Wow, babies this took a dark turn. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I mean, love is a very it's chemicals, it's survival, it's possible something it's greater. Though, regardless, it's very beneficial for us. I don't know. That shit gets a little crazy sometimes. As the human race surviving, at least from the basis of it. Nowadays, we have cultural problems and whatnot that are caused by people kind of not knowing when to drop out of certain loves well i mean you ever looked at like very attractive person and like in your head you're just thinking all the possible scenarios (laughs) all the possible scenarios like you know well let's play devil's advocate here let's say i don't know what you're talking about you go up and talk you, you're imagining you go up and talk to this person, man or woman, it doesn't matter. Because mm-hmm. they're fucking attractive. And you imagine that you hit everything off and like what being with them would be like. Uh huh. Where are you going with this, Michael? <laughs> Since you fucking. Oh my god. I mean, but love is. I, I was trying to tie that into love is not always a good thing thing in the modern day human condition right 
Because I've seen some people fall in love at a strip club. They'll come is back that, thinking is that, that love though. Is that real love, or is that just lust? At that moment, to them, that's real love. But it's. But if we're judging from like a third party that's non-biased here, were they actually? But in love? can the third party feel the love? Because two people can be well, together. You, you should be able to see that by the way they act. Not necessarily. Bullshit. I know people look like they fucking hate each other. I love the fuck out of each other. I know it's, people it's a, <laughs> who look like they love the fuck out of each other that are getting a divorce. All right, fine. Yeah. Fine, you win. <laughs> All right. No, love no, is just so complex. No, how, yeah, it is. That's also one thing, differentiating between love and lust. Mm-hmm. Because, like, in my eyes, lust is something immediate, very quick, just almost spontaneous then it can fall into unrequited love and whatnot but love is something that just kind of it has that kind of moment of lust but then it just builds and start goes kind of slowly into like okay yeah i could spend the rest of my life with this person at one point bro that that's a part of love that terrifies me what do you mean as awesome as it is to be able to spend your life with just one person it's like, mm, I might get bored of you. Like, or you might start to annoy me or anything like that. And that's the scary part. It's like just this one person for the the big haul. See, mm-hmm. I, I thought you were well, about to run into the complacency kind of idea. I don't know. I don't well, I mean, like, motherfucker. I, I don't know. Maybe this is going to be like probably too deep for my own psyche. This is going to be real more about me than it will. You probably projecting, yeah, basically. But I mean, like, if you're really in love with someone, does it matter? Like, if you're with someone for X amount of time, after a certain point, like, you're probably just not, you're just not gonna give up. I mean, like, don't get me wrong, there's still possibility for shitty things to be done to one another. Always is, and there's always a good reason to just get up and run to the hills. But in my mind, if you've invested enough, and you know you've gotten to a point where you know you can work things out why not just do that but do you know future you that would work those things out well it and also with that it depends because it it does depend on a lot of it depends yeah, on the people because and i mean the situation if, if and everything, the person but, you're thinking about is sleaze bag and going to pull the same shit over and over and over again well, it yeah, ain't worth it that that's but if it's like one small mistake nothing major if there's a major mistake fuck that get out of town yeah well i mean if we're talking about like dating and this is probably like a sidebar but like yeah like if you, you bust you would... a nut in a hooker that's a no-go you gotta fucking go <laughs> yeah, da- yeah dating i kind of kinda... think you would know like within a couple years or so like yeah. the certain patterns and attitudes and behaviors of another person and by that point you should if you believe in marriage or not you should decide upon a point like yeah uh this ain't gonna be long term or this ain't it. Or yeah, this I mean, is the more it. time you spend with someone, the better you're gonna. What be able do you to know consider long term? Five years. Uh, well, what, what about bet- between the point where it's well, short term to long term? I think like at around the four or five year mark, it starts becoming long term. Well, it depends. Yours is really high. What is yours, baby? Yeah. Um. I mean, long term for me would be like one to two years. Yeah. Well, as I like that's to say, normal. Wait, yeah. Well, I kind of like to say when people are like, "Oh, we're going to get married," I'm like, "Wait five years. Wait five years," because that's long enough time to figure out if this person going to be right for you. It's different for different people. Yeah. I mean, like I, I've but, seen. But you know, rather take your time. Don't don't jump into marrying someone in two months. But like, yeah, don't pull don't, a military special. You also maybe you don't need two years. Maybe you need one year. Maybe you need. I mean, it just depends on yeah. the person. But and if the you're situation. not sure, take your time. Take your time. Yeah. I think marriage is archaic as fuck. Yeah. Not in the relig- not in the cultural sense. In the legal sense. Yeah. Like motherfucker, I don't need half your shit, and you don't need half my shit. I worked for it. Oh, you mean like the way it works, like with the state and stuff, basically. Or motherfucker, if I want to leave, I should be able to legally leave. People can contest divorces. Yeah. And a lot of times they can win it. If you just wake up one day and decide, hey, I don't want to be with her. You got to go to lawyers and shit. I think 
people should be like, look, I don't want to be with you anymore. That's just it. Should, if you bought a house together, y'all split the house. That's fine. But if it's something well, you worked for or well, she worked it's, for. It gets complicated because, like, you financially become one. See, you, I don't you think people bond should... your finances, and then yeah. that's that's where all the legal issues See, come from. I think people shouldn't fucking combine into one financial entity. That's why marriage is archaic, because that's what marriage makes you do. Yeah, just maybe we can have another episode. Yeah, just on split this, your bills the... <laughs> and pay your own way. Keep, do it Dutch. That this, dick this... ain't free. Oh my God. All right, this is a rabbit hole. Uh, I want to yeah. move on to the next subject. I, uh, I, I apologize. Well, I apologize. J- j- just as a quick, at least from what I know, love is chemical hormonal and stuff like that. But you, you kind of figured that, so we can go to the next one. It was Michael went on tangent. Yeah. Plus enough for your buy a ring. Uh, anyway, uh, basically what, what I was trying to get at or a question with the whole love thing is basically where does it come from? Um, in fact, why do emotions exist at all if we really want to get existential? Uh, and then additionally, if the Bible claims that God is love, is the existence of love proof of God ex- God's existence? Hmm. <laughs> I'll go to David because it's doing him. I can tell Michael's yeah, doing Yeah, I mean, emotions, it's kind of... Complicated because it's part like cultural, part like hormonal. So you're saying emotions come from your culture? Well, how we I think perce- emotions are a reaction to culture. Well, how we like perceive stuff, and we tie that to kind of how we feel. Because like to some people, being happy over this, being sad over that. Well, I'm talking about like an um, existential sense. Where existential do these things sense, come from? It's interesting because like. Some of it is like tied to hormones, mm-hmm. like in mice, and like it's also like in Animal Kingdom. You can see like some animals get really aggressive when certain seasons come, and like their certain hormone levels rise and stuff like that. But just like with a lot of stuff, I'm not exactly sure where our emotions come from. I just know some of it ties into like hormones and certain things such as that. And I mean, that can be proven just by looking at like roid rage and some types of like drug interactions with the body. Because when you do certain things to your body, you're going to start reacting certain ways. Yeah. But it's not necessarily set in stone. And plus emotions can come from communication. Yeah. What's the easiest way to communicate something? If something's good happening, you're happy. Something big coming up that nobody but else knows. The things you're describing, these are all reactions. Yeah. When you communicate and you receive that communication, you are reacting to it. Yeah. Reacting so that, that is a reaction. What I'm asking is where do those feelings originate from? Where did they come from? Like you have and no other humans. I, I think we, we, we really have, like, when we boil it down in terms of worldviews, you have two options. Either you have God or evolution. Either it's ingrained through evolution or it is a sign from God, basically. Because if the Bible claims that God is love, then, then we God, are reflecting God would that. be the source of all emotion. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Then, do you believe animals have emotions and can perceive emotions. I do, but not to the degree that humans experience. We talked about this, I think, with what, what episode? It was like Origins of the Universe or something. Yeah. I, or I maybe think you, maybe it was consciousness. I think you and I talked about this. We mentioned it, it in consciousness yeah, that like other animals like have limited ranges of like different consciousness. Yeah, yeah. And same and thing varies. with emotions, but like it's not to the level that Yeah, because like are. we've as we've said before in the previous episode, if you haven't listened to it, listen to it. That like some animals, we have been able to see them react in certain ways and use like tools and other things that would trigger us. Well, 
tell us like yeah they are have some sort of intelligence but it's not to li- it's not comparable yeah. to humanity it was well, comparable in some senses but it's lacking hmm. and like what so i guess the same thing could be said with emotions like some animals like when someone like elephants when when there's dies they will grieve over that mm-hmm. and that seems to me like some type of emotion now do they have the same range no uh, yeah no from what we know not. no unless like we can be able to kind of see that they do yeah so where do, <laughs> that sounded weird so where do you believe emotions come from emotions or I mean like it Okay, so are we talking about like emotions or love specifically? Um, or both? Emotions, because love is an emotion. True. Yeah. Well, I mean, love love is, uh, like we mentioned before, I think it's a it's a combination of emotions. It's yeah. a concept. Combination of emotions and can be a state of being at the moment. Yeah, I mean... But it, isn't that related to emotions, since they're all hormonal? <sighs> yeah. I know I'm being a stickler it, here. So to me. No, that's fine. I mean, but, when it, it I this is why I was asking like if you were referring to love because I I believe if God is love and we are created in God's image that just kind of follows that we reflect that part of God. Mm-hmm. Um so when it comes to other emotions, I think I mean, like I said love is multiple emotions but that's not all of our emotions Mm -hmm. so i think our other emotions are just part of the human condition which that is i mean that's part of being human is experiencing emotion to the level we do but being human is i mean that traces back to god so indirectly you could say yeah because i was about to ask like because as you said god is essentially is the is love Mm mm-hmm and I was about to ask, well, what about, like, the negative emotions we feel? Where would that come from? Because I have heard from some people, they think, like, the good old snake, snaky boy. Okay, I have a question for you, but actually. Then, I see where you're going with this. Um, are there such thing as negative emotions? I'd say I, hate. Yeah, well, for... Well, hate, yeah. Yeah, Vengeful. hate, anger, <clears throat> stress, things that negatively affect us, like, mentally, physically... And stuff like that, well, I would perceive as negative. I want to push you on this because this is something I learned kind of in one of my psychology courses is we in America tend to perceive good things as good. Good things feel good. Mm-hmm. It must be good. Everything we do, like this is why we have addictions is because yeah, a we're a positive addic- reinforcement. Loop. Yeah. So everything mm-hmm. that we think is good is necessarily good. And everything that we feel is bad is necessarily bad. But if you're angry, if you're resentful, or if you're hurt, or if you're sad, these are reactions, and you are going to react appropriately to your scenario, hopefully. But these these are these are emotions are like a compass for what you should do with those things. Like they're always like if you didn't feel pain, you would be in trouble. Well, yeah. So I mean, like most emotions that you experience are a reaction to something else that inform how you ought to act so i don't think there's such thing as negative emotions like we think of it now obviously there's hate hate is not derivative of god's nature uh so yeah anyway that that was a tangent where would you uh, place like stress like the kind of emotional state of being stressed like as as it's good or bad or what? What do you mean? Yeah, yeah. would you play? Well, hot, cold, yes, no. Because I it's mean, kinda, I don't like being it's, stressed, yeah, but it's, it's just not a result necessarily of, a good or bad thing until it becomes an extreme. It's not. Well, it can. T- okay. Because it, and also like as I said, like for me, stress would be more negative because it does have health impacts and mental impacts. Okay, go ahead. Are you talking about stress or anxiety? Or do they tie together? Stress. Anxiety is separate. Though they do tend to mix together for a lot of people. 
because it, it's kind of like that in between where it's not necessarily one or the other. Yeah, it depends on who you are. For me, I handle stress fairly well. I don't get stressed out a lot. Other people are easily stressed out, and right it causes uh, problems for them. Yeah. So and I mean, like looking at different cultures with heavy work culture involved, a lot of stress leads to decreased birth rates, decreased like relationships, suicide rates increasing. Yeah, I mean, I'm not downplaying that. Yeah. You just have to learn how to manage stress. Yeah, and I think <clears throat> as kind of ties into like emotion how we see emotions depends on kind of our culture as well saying there's no negative emotions what about people who are chemically imbalanced say depressive bipolar well what are those feelings telling you shit sucks kill yourself uh i wouldn't follow that logic but i would say i I very well well, i mean If you are in that state, if you are depressed, those are that's something telling you something's not right and you need to do something to fix that. Now, what you do with that, it you know, you can go a dark route with that or you can actually get help. But in time, so, I mean like I'm not saying as as the only human you're, it's just you in this void oh with boy. these emotions. Uh-huh. And you just have to be a person born chemically imbalanced. And so your brain's like, oh, yeah, just fucking life sucks. Nothing matters. You're in this void. Kill yourself. What would you do to fix that? Ugh. When that's how your brain's wired. I don't know. I don't, that's a strange hypothetical that... But all emotions can be separated with just a person and avoid emotions are still there mm-hmm. whether other people are or not doesn't matter emotions are still there and they can be even stronger yeah well they tend to be stronger in isolation so that's why i say emotions are i'm still not sure on the evolution versus god thing that one's a tricky you gotta really think about it. It could be but a mixture. There are good and bad emotions, and where they come from doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Because there's some things, when said in the a certain light, can seem negative, like a vengeful God. In a certain light, you paint it is how it is. Right. It doesn't mean that God's a dick. It just means don't fuck with him. Essentially. Sure. I mean, the devil learned that the hard way. Yeah, it got sent right to hell. First class ticket. First person. Had to make hell. VIP entrance. All right, well, this is... We we keep getting on rabbit trails. Um, I wanted to come back to the... uh, Basically, if if the Bible says that God is love... um, what does it mean for God to literally be love? Have you thought about that? Yeah. It would mean that the positive essence of himself that he puts forth. The life-bearing. Like when he brought Jesus into mm-hmm. the world as an embodiment of him, for lack of better terms. I'm not sure if how everyone would put it. I get what you're saying. But God. when he showed compassion, wanted to help tried to pave a new way and show all these things to show that he cared. That's an embodiment of a higher power loving you. If that is the embodiment of a higher power, or if you're created in his image, you being able to feel those types of connections to your spiritual side or your loved ones or your wife or kids or anything that in itself as a creation of him, especially if you have that connection to him, would show that he is the embodiment of love. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, it, it, for me, you know, because, like, I, I, I heard... That was one of those things that, like, I just heard in church and never really thought about. But then when I thought about it, I was like... It, like, it really hit me because I was like, 
basically, we experience love because we are created in God's image, and God is love. And basically, if God weren't love, we wouldn't love. Like, love wouldn't exist. Yeah. It's all about that kind of care and a... Like, no matter what happens, you care about them. Kind of like a child or a puppy. I I see how our two tie in together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, they're going to mess up, but no matter what, you care about them, you want to see them the right way. Yeah. Um, So, I think... Real quick, we're God's crotch demons. What? What? We're the fruit of his loins. Oh, okay. We're his children. All right. Well, please never say that again. (laughs) Crotch goblins. (laughs) That's my favorite way to... I'm sorry. Ask if this people ep- about their kids. This is a special episode. I'm sorry if this episode's a train wreck. We're a little rusty. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. Fuck it. So, to to come back on David yeah. with his evolution, solving everything. It uh, does not solve everything. <laughs> We've been through this. I know. Uh, <laughs> I just want to harass you. Oh, I know. So, if evolution. Mm. If emotions only serve an evolutionary purpose, how is love authentic? So, for example, if Michael claims to be in love with his girlfriend, but he believes in his heart that love is just a chemical reaction in the brain that is beneficial for our survival, how will that affect him? How will that affect her? It becomes no longer authentic, and it's certainly not romantic. Uh, Beyond that, people just don't act like love is an illusion. They act like it's really real like they're really experiencing it well real quick even if it's chemical it would still be authentic to us because we are experiencing it it is but we don't think about it like oh well my brain's just producing this chemical well no because we're not evolutionary that would be detrimental if we all just are like oh the chemicals going in my brain i really want to be with this person and mate with them for life that would be kind of not beneficial as it'll just be like, oh, well, I don't want this. Never mind. So it's not necessarily our brain playing an illusion, but it's us kind of not having that introspective thoughts at that moment. Now, like when a researcher looks into this and figures out, oh, these chemicals go off and whatnot, they're viewing it in a different lens than the person actually experiencing said love. Right. So it's kind of that perception, because like to me, when I fall in love with someone, I don't think, oh yeah, my ke- my brain chemicals are all happy and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just like, oh yeah, I care about this person, and it's something. At some point, you don't necessarily you tend not to think about it, mm-hmm. and you just really don't care. <laughs> At least in my eyes, because, yeah, to me, it is very much a chemical reaction. But, heck, there's beauty in that chemical reaction, that fine machine that's my brain and my GI tract, because some serotonin is produced there, just working its wonders and helping me find my way. What were you going to say, Michael? Real quick, you made that sound very beautiful at the end. Good job on that. But I am a, if I wasn't here, I'd be a good example. Uh Uh-huh. But since I'm here, I'm a oh. terrible example. My relationship is beneficial extremely to me. Uh-huh. And I do lay there and just go, fuck, man, this could all just be chemicals in my brain. Damn, shit's crazy. I mean, when you do think about it, it is one. And it's like... It's so abstract to us to think about stuff like that. And it's like, I believe I love you, but, you know... Brains are weird, dude. Yeah, I feel like if you believe emotions only serve an evolutionary purpose, that's kind of believe that they're pointless and arbitrary. Because if you were aware of that, yeah, then like, what's the point? Yeah, but I mean, screw, screw pointless and arbitrary at that point. But it, it's because, because that's that's like, that's an that's an impractical way to live because like you're not thinking that way and you don't live that way nobody lives like oh well i'm only 
yeah. you know, married to this person for 30 years well, because my brain happened to have a chemical reaction. Yeah, and that's being hyper analytical about it as well. But that's what that's what evolution's saying all yeah. it is. That's but, all it yeah, boils but down most to. Most people what don't saying. live hyper analytical. Most people don't even think about this stuff <clears throat> we're talking about. That's why I'm drawing it yeah. out. People who are addicted to something and are aware of it live that way. Yeah. You know this chemical is going to create the certain reaction in your brain and you're going to enjoy it. Whether or not, in the grand scheme, you're enjoying it, that's how you're living in that yeah. moment. Well, if you become aware, uh, this is a complete side. I'm but if you become aware of, like, being, you know, if you become aware of something being addicting, I think that's the first step to not being addicted. If you, If you want to quit. A lot of addicts are very aware that they are addicted because there's symptoms when you don't do it anymore. But there are a lot of people that you can see as an outsider, like you are clearly addicted to this thing, and they don't see it. Yeah, they're oblivious to the fact. Because, I mean, it's either, A, a good coping mechanism, like to a toxic effect, or B, they don't care. See, the first time that that person goes about that one thing, whether there's a cigarette, a game, drugs, that's when they become self-fucking-aware. Mm-hmm. When you go, damn, I need to light this bit of plant matter on fire to send a chemical that's not even going to give me a buzz so I feel okay. Yeah. So people do live that way, and it's kind of fucking terrifying. Yeah. yeah. And... Yeah, and like in my eyes, even when I do have like those hyperanalytical moments, I still see our other topic, the beauty in kind of how everything works and what's happening. Because it's still, it's not necessarily in my control. Mm-hmm. Because it's, as I like to put, in the kind of, as I call it, the lizard brain. <laughs> Which, it's not the lizard brain, but... I say that because it makes people mad. <laughs> that kind of fight or flight area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess just in conclusion before we uh, head into the second half of this is my argument here is that love seems to be a transcendent experience that we can all partake in because it's a very real experience that's more than monkey do this to survive. Monkey brain do this to survive. Uh... You know, we do extremely irrational things when we're in love or out of love uh, for another person, like jumping in front of a car or moving halfway across the world, things that would normally threaten our yeah. survival. So how could the primary purpose to be of love to be to promote survival when we do things that endanger our survival yeah. when we're in love? And I don't think it's necessarily our survival, but our kind of future generation survival. And now... Well, what if you jump in front modern, of a car before you have kids? Well, yeah. you were trying to fuck and make a baby, maybe you did yeah, fuck and to th- fall out of love. That's also something. But that's that's what I'm saying. That's it's a like, super modern kind of occurrence. Where, well, people have been killing themselves for years. Well, yeah, but you know, like jumping from a car. But our, I mean, we haven't had well doing, in evolution. There hasn't been enough time between like in modernization in which to. Uh, properly evolved to be like oh yeah don't jump in front of that car i'm, to save I'm talking that about like doing stupid things that are generally painful or bad for yeah. you out of love that people have been doing that forever oh yeah definitely. So, i mean the car example is just yeah that's a modern example because cars I mean, are modern but it, yeah real quick the extreme doesn't have to be bad either some people do some fucking amazing stuff when they get broken up with or they fall in love like oh i'm gonna start exercising and get in shape Oh, I'm gonna stop smoking. Oh, I'm gonna Taylor stop. Taylor Swift makes a new album. Oh, I'm gonna stop being a shitty person. Yeah, so the that, that's true too. The yeah. extremes don't have to be necessarily negative. Well, what I'm getting at with it being negative is it it's contradictory to it benefiting our survival. Yeah. So that seems to go against evolutionary theory. If 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 love is there to promote survival, why would we do things that endanger our survival out of love? Or it just hasn't worked out the kinks yet. Yeah, evolution is not a perfect idea. As I said in the evolution video, it's like just throwing darts on the wall and seeing what sticks. And what doesn't kill itself. Yeah. Well, it doesn't kill itself for long enough. I mean, that's why we got to have two people 
back in the day to raise a baby so the fucker ain't kill itself. Tying it all the way around. Wow. Yeah. All right. Well. Are right, you ready to hit what beauty is? We're going to hit what beauty is. What? Ooh, girl. <laughs> what is beauty? I think we can agree that it is a subjective perception, but is that all that it is? So I, I want to ask you guys, what is beauty? What, how would you define the term? Hmm. I'm not quite sure myself, but kind of in my eyes, like as I was saying, the be- it depends on the subject matter because like when I'm thinking about stuff going off in my brain or kind of complex things, it's the beauty of the mechanism working. It's the beauty of how things go. Where like a person, beauty is kind of features action. Well, I guess you can say the mechanism of kind of how everything works together. In such kind of a either imperfect or perfect way, and it, as you said, it is subjective because different cultures have different perspectives of beauty. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the end, I think it's what you, your brain feels like would be most compatible with you. So, at a glance, if you're just out in public and you're thinking of beauty. You see a girl with a nice shapely figure, some mm-hmm. thighs, but still look kind of fit. Your brain's like, damn, girl. And to you, that's going to be beauty in, uh, in a moment. Uh-huh. Or you walk in a store and you see a picture of like a supermodel in this fucking nice fit. You're like, damn, she's beautiful. We're getting a peek into Michael's brain right now. But. <laughs> yep. When you sit down and talk with that person, that's also where beauty's contrived from is the actual person. Because you could be hot as fuck. I mean, be a fucking dime piece. But if you know the fuck out of me, yeah, it's fucking over. Or, if, or <laughs> but we can fuck. But like, I'm not gonna call you. Or if your worldview's different, yeah, to like a dramatic extent, or depends like, how fat that ass is. Oh boy! All right, well, but beauty is—it's subjective. It is built by what's compatible with you, and by what your body and your little lizard brain finds will make a baby that'll live, and that you a person that you can live with. So it's your subconscious saying like, "Yeah, do and, it," and it's your dick going like, "Yeah, do it." I don't even know how to respond to you. I mean, <laughs> but what, but you want my you, honest fucking answer? Uh, no, no, it's fine. What do you perceive uh, as beauty? I was not going that direction. But, uh, I mean, like, I was going to say, like... Titties, thighs, and ass. <sighs> and a pretty face. Please stop. Uh, I was going to say, like, you know, not... I mean, yes, like people can be beautiful but also that can apply to like nature nature or the inward or outward uh, appearances of another person so i mean like there's there's different ways that we can perceive beauty it doesn't have to be just yeah people that's it can why be... but beauty is mainly compatible you yeah. find music beautiful that you enjoy yeah you find places beautiful that you see yourself in yeah I don't know. People find like music they don't necessarily enjoy as beautiful. All right, if you find something beautiful, you found some enjoyment in it. I don't want to hear that bullshit. It's like simulation theory. Don't get me started. <laughs> nope. But beauty is compatibility. Yeah. That's the beauty of it. <laughs> but that's why I gave my kind of my answer, even as kind of broad it is, because beauty isn't just how you see in their person. We perceive beauty in a lot of stuff. Yeah. So I guess the next question would be, why do we perceive things as beautiful? Uh, why is beauty a subjective experience, and where does this perception come from? It, we Beauty, we see it because it's compatible. It, and this is, by the way, why I'm, these two topics are very related, so that's why I'm, yeah. so I'm talking about them in the same episode. Uh, I guess to go a little more in-depth with, like, Michael, like, we see, like, a nice, calm river... On a near nice mountain is like beautiful because in his eyes, like yeah, you could make a nice little life there. 
Maybe may build you a nice little cabin with your beautiful looking wife. Make some maybe beautiful kids. Yeah, Bailey's going to have a hot wife. <laughs> with the beautiful I, I, little I birds it. and stuff flying, making the ecosystem all good with the beautiful little woodland critters. So I guess, like, it, it does kind of, Michael does kind of make sense in that way. And we see it. Though we also, the one thing, like, beauty and abstract things, like abstract art and stuff. How, that, that's another thing. Why do we perceive beauty in that? Because beauty is subjective. Yeah. Yeah. What I find beautiful in a girl, you might not find beautiful. What I find beautiful about nature, music... I know Bailey damn sure doesn't find beautiful half the time. Sometimes. Sada Baby Black Harlow, beautiful. Fucking beautiful track. <laughs> Bailey's not a big fan, but that's okay because we all perceive things differently. What what works for me doesn't necessarily work for Bailey. Same with Legend. Mamma Mia. Boom. Meta commentary. Wow. But I think that's why it's absolutely subjective. Sidebar, is religion subjective? Do you perceive it as subjective? A lot of people perceive it as subjective. I don't fucking know. Don't ask me these important questions. It's a dodge. It's a dodge. I'm an agnostic thief. Okay. I don't know shit. <laughs> it's okay. I'm Dr. Pepper, motherfucker. <clears throat> You're root beer and he's cola. I'm Sprite, sir. <laughs> so, what, okay, I'm going to ask the questions again and you can recap your answers because... I got lost. Uh, why do we perceive things as, things as beautiful? Because they're compatible with us. Okay. Uh, why is beauty a subjective experience? Because what's compatible for me ain't compatible for you. And where does this perception come from? Inert long-term survival. And enjoyment. And fulfillment. And... And that ties everything with our spiritual, material, biological, ties in all of it. All right, I'm going to ask the same questions to David. And I think you, you probably answered them more directly than Michael because Michael goes all well, over the place. I don't but necessi- why do we perceive things as beautiful? Well, I don't necessarily have an answer, but Michael, it does sound. Michael's answers yours. Basically. Yeah, kind of. And I, because I kind of went more in depth with like, the ideas were like the nice old scenic scape. You were more broad, and he was more specific about it, basically. Well, I went more into specifics on him, uh-huh. his kind of idea, and how, like, real world that could be in effect. Because it, it's not something I necessarily have doubt a lot about. Mm-hmm. Just because it is subjective, it's just like, it, it happens. It's not, and it's not necessarily something we can really track in the brain. And beauty, as we, like I said, is very cultural, so it varies from culture to culture on even the broad definition of beauty. Yeah, so it, it's a it's a tricky, tricky thing. Yeah. I was going to say, I think our perception of beauty is kind of just part of the uniqueness of being human. Um, Kind of like the subjective experience of beauty is what makes you a unique human being. So, I mean, like what you experience as or perceive as beauty is not necessarily the same as what I would perceive as beauty. And, you know, like David was kind of mentioning, like it. When any attempt that people try and make to make a beauty objective, like most attractive man of the year or most attractive woman it of the year. It fails miserably. It, I mean, it fails miserably, but, but like to some degree we can see where they're coming from, but you cannot objectify that in a sense that yeah. everyone agrees that this is objective. We can see it based on like cultures or like in general, muscular men are beautiful. But that comes off as contrived because that's yeah. not always everyone's pre- yeah, personal preference. Yeah, it's not preference. everyone's preference, but it is. It has whole heavy like representation in certain cultures. I mean, that's like you can look at someone like, "Hey, they're pretty hot," 
not my type, but they're hot. And then I'm like, that 10 doesn't out of 10 mean they're beautiful. Smash. That you can get where I think people get you those can see you can like confuse. Sorry, I was about to throw up. Apparently, um, you can see you can like kind of separate yourself. Like, yeah, I see why. Yeah, someone would consider this person attractive, but they're not beautiful. They're not attractive to me. Yeah, they're they're not singularly. This is what beauty looks like. Because there's no way to be like, this is what it looks like. Yeah. You yeah. can't do that. It varies no. person to person. And it's all biased. Yeah. It's part of the human experience. And by God, the whatever mechanism is beautiful. Wow, so there's a God of Atheist. He admits it. Episode 10, David believes in God. Art. No, no. <laughs> Episode 11, welcome the new Atheist. <laughs> yeah, his name's John. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I guess like my, uh, my only like criticism for like if beauty served an evolutionary purpose is why would we have a deep enjoyment of music or video games or movies because they don't help our survival. It's just mental stimuli, stimuli. Uh, so it's, it's kind of just arbitrary and pointless if beauty is really pointless and it's instinctive to perceive beauty. Uh, why is it? It, it would be unintuitive to reject that perception. That might have been a really confusing statement. Yeah. But... And, like, with music, there have, like... When you listen to, like, recreation, like, old tribal music... Mm-hmm. The emotions it causes, or it can, like, stir up, create something. So I think it would be more for, like, more abstract stuff. Yeah. And, like, the beauty of the abstract, because... It could be said like those some those have some type of beauty, mm-hmm. but like music is very primitive in its emotional aspect. But it also ties in the beauty because some tracks are just goddamn beautiful. But in the broad term of music, it's all used as some sort of way to communicate something to the listener. Right. So yeah, art's all Whether about or not it's beautiful doesn't matter. That may not be what it's intended to convey. You mm-hmm. might find it beautiful. You could be watching a horror movie and it's and you're just laughing. not meant to convey something beautiful. But, but I get where you're going. You, yeah, you, I might think one song's beautiful and you might be like, eh. But it's, it, all, it's, it's communication not, in a different form. It, at its pure form, music is just communication, whether it's through expression or hey, I'm talking to you type of communication, interpersonal. Yeah. Same with writing. Yeah, I think we, for like a lot of it, we've just, over time, as like music became more and more complicated, we've kind of taken that complication and things that sound nice to us, which is a whole different topic, into like an aspect of beauty and I guess you can say the same with like the written arts the physical arts mm-hmm. because it's all about conveying a message yeah. and the ancient paintings on caves were meant to paint a message like a usually like a hedonist or like hey we did this we caught a big buffalo or whatever so like so, so they're effective without the beauty aspect yeah yeah it's just yeah. over time as we become like more descriptive, I guess you can say, mm-hmm. and more intricate with how we communicate. So we, I guess, I guess the question I was going to ask you guys uh, before we wrap up here is, um, I mean, would you agree that beauty, in terms of like, if we're going purely evolutionary it's kind of pointless it doesn't really serve an evolutionary purpose yeah it would have to be like something that somehow wound up in the evolution chain that hasn't had a major negative effect to the point of like near extinction because it it, it doesn't such help an, your survival and it's such an abstract it's, thing it's arbitrary yeah see I would disagree with the survival part because are you gonna try and tell me that if I don't if I were in an ancient culture that liked rap music and I didn't like rap music that I would just die like you did that one time? No, <laughs> no, 
what I'm going to say is when looking we have more time than we ever have to sit here and analyze all this stuff and to actually think about it and not just do we mm-hmm. don't have to hunt yeah we work a job we probably hate but eight hours versus constant survival I'll take it fucking take it and I get two days off a week fuck yeah dude but beauty is a desire trait due to it enhancing our survival we look how because we look at certain things in a woman or a man that goes hey that's hot my brain thinks that's beautiful because but you could just as well survive without that because if you just but then doesn't matter i'm talking in the terms of evolution we make things beautiful because they're effective as creatures you know why we stand up because we to put i don't know we stand up feet where where's it where's it going why do we stand up michael tell me God, but to re- reveal the secrets oh, of the my world. Brain just went blank. It's something like increases endurance, uh, allows us to track longer distances. There's, there's different increases answers. endurance, and that therefore created how we raise children. Because to be born, you can't balance yourself with just two. Most other animals can come out fucking standing on their own. Well, we're so, also heavily underdeveloped at yeah. that point. But we look for certain traits like strong muscles. Or opposite. In ancient times, if you were a heavy set person, we found that beautiful because that meant you had food, motherfucker. And you had plenty yeah. of it. Or, like, one thing people have noticed is we tend to go for opposite traits, like different facial complimentary features. Traits. Yeah. Not necessarily complimentary, but something oh. kind of like opposite of us. To keep away from turning the kind of family tree into, into a family shrub. Yeah. So you don't bang your sister. Yeah. Or your cousin or any other family. But then other stuff like blood purity and stuff messed that up in like ancient cultures and even today. All right. But before we continue on this, I believe beauty has a evolutionary purpose. But also, there could be more to it. But I believe it has a purpose. There's so, a reason we see things as beautiful. So it was originally, like, survival. With, survival, and then it's kind of the finer details oh, of... You have but, how how you have would bo- it be survival? Because, like, I mean, you oh. used the example of you found someone attractive, so you take them as a mate, for example. But couldn't it just as equally be the same as we don't perceive someone as beautiful and because we don't perceive beauty but you still find a mate i i don't think beauty necessarily contributes to that but if you look at any creature you can see all sorts of mating things to be viewed as the most attractive oh yeah like peacocks and by doing that you will show a lot of traits that would make you a better suited mate so therefore to continue your bloodline and your fucking species bloodline you better have the nice nicest peacock feathers out there or the biggest boobs or the most muscle what about with like art and music and stuff like that just communication a bird can sing a beautiful fucking song but it don't mean shit because we ain't birds. Because, yeah, because we're not birds, because it's not meant for us. It's not communicating to us. We can view it as beautiful for greater purposes, meta purposes. Or we can yeah. take the emotion behind, like, an animal wailing or screaming as, like, yeah. something's wrong. But it's just communicating. But if I go to the movies and see a new Iron Man, how is that going to help me evolve? You see what I'm saying? Yeah, but that was formed through... It's all a way to communicate some story. Whether or not that has any greater purpose to us. Entertainment is nothing but communication. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I'm fucking Iron Man. 
In this universe, I'm invincible. It's like I have at, fuck you money. It's because something like superhero films are like modern, more so like modern day, uh, kind of like the hero fables and stuff like that. Be a hero. Yeah. It could be as simple as that message. This man is looked at in great regard because he was first and foremost a hero, and second, very rich. <laughs> So and therefore, also he's act- fucking attractive. And also, his actor had a glow up from hell. Yeah. Robert I mean, Downey he was... Jr., handsome motherfucker. And he was like a homeless drug addict. He started doing drugs at eight. This is a rabbit trail. All right. You brought up love and beauty, the two most contrived, abstract ideas. Yeah, it's fine. Well, besides consciousness. Consciousness is up there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the good news is this is but, the last uh, existential episode. I love existential. Well, I mean, we might have more in the future, but ask for us now. existential questions so we can do a fucking Q and A. Yeah, we'll do an existential Q and A, or just Q and A in general. Yeah, send us some beautiful questions. You might get them answered now. We might save some for later. You never know. You never know. At beyond, we we might just grab a pigeon, tape tape our answer to its little ankle and just let it fly to you. And make hope pacing. it makes it there. It might. All and right. We- well, to, I guess to kind of wrap this up and conclude it, I believe that like these intense experiences of love and beauty are not just a product of evolution, though they may serve an evolutionary purpose. I don't believe that's all there is to them. I think there are clear signs that mirror the quality of the uh, qualities of the Christian God. So for example, uh, if the Bible says that we are made in the image of God and that God is love, um, when we perceive beauty and experience love, these are these experiences remind us that God values those perceptions because they are a reflection of his own nature. Uh, for Christians, the experience of love is a gift from God because God is love. When we love, we are literally sharing in his essence. And without God, there would be no love. That's a, that was a long-winded way of saying what I was slowly saying yeah. the whole So the basically, episode. innately, beauty is something that comes from God. Innately, emotion, well, love and our emotions come from God. Yeah, basically. And that they might serve in our purpose or God might have placed them like... If we want to go the, yeah. um, the theistic evolution route, like, it could be both. Yeah. Because like it could be like because it is part of God's nature, but it also could serve an evolutionary yeah. purpose. So I mean, you can, if you go that route, you, you can kind of it's can a win-win. One, the other, it's or both. Purpose. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, and that makes sense for either deistic or theistic evolution viewpoints. Because I mean, such something so abstract. If you believe in a higher power. I couldn't see why you wouldn't at least attribute some of that to the higher power. Mm-hmm. Because it's such a crazy thing. I mean, there's ways to. There's fucking plenty of people who do, but I get where you're coming from. It's not that they do, but it's fucking... Pff, why they? Why they do? What, what do you mean? I'm gonna... I'm not just trying be- to go on another rabbit trail, but like just because- I'm trying to get you to be more specific when you say like okay. they and just stuff because like that. if I'm a person and I believe in the Judaic Judeo Christian God, mm-hmm. but I don't believe that beauty comes from God. I can see that there are people that think that way, but it's hard for me to wrap my head around that. Okay, yeah, gotcha. because, because but there are people who do it. I see what you're saying. Yeah. That's what I was getting at. Okay. Or really any God, but, you know. You know. We're all good buddies here. Except yeah. David. Fuck David. <laughs> I love you guys. David's actually probably the nicest out of all of us. We're all, me and Michael, we're pretty big assholes. Well, uh, I don't have anything to look forward to in the end, so <laughs> I, I didn't make it count. <laughs> and we're just what run, it is. We're just running up these Twitter fingers. Like, we're just talking shit to talk shit. Yeah, pretty much. Do you have any other thoughts before we wrap up? Any uh, other concluding thoughts on love Whatever you believe in love, just experience it. Don't think too much about it until, until you got some time alone. But I, I do think need you that. should think more about it because then it might Well, when you have time you... alone to sit and, like, 
you know, like the old man in his study just thinking about stuff. I, I do I have, know, a, good I have book, these feelings. Experiencing it. I have a question for the viewers. All right. What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. No more. But what is love? Ask yourself that. Ask Find yourself. Out. Find out why you think that way. Tell us about Seeking it. Seeking your soul. Yeah. Ask yourself, what is love? What and, do you believe? And tell us, what is love to you? And tell us, what is love to you? I'm just repeating what Michael said. Is it like opening a jar of cookie dough and knowing you can eat the whole fucker yourself? Or is it looking in the eyes of your child? How the fuck is that love? Bro, chocolate chip cookie <laughs> dough is fucking slapping. I should have known you were going there. Especially, I should have Especially if they put seen... like some Reese's peanut butter in that motherfucker. Ooh! I mean, to make cookie dough you can eat without worrying about getting sick but tell us what do you think yeah love tell is? us what you think love is and you can do that on our social media at facing the gates and, and what beauty facebook is. twitter and instagram and what is beauty how do you because perceive beauty? i think beauty is kind of more abstract that is more abstract yeah i am beauty yeah. <laughs> i beg to differ somebody if you guys are listening to this on your uh on like Spotify or Apple Podcasts, please unlock your phone, look at the profile art of this show, and look at Michael uh, as he says that, and then tell us how it makes you feel. I am beauty. Yeah. There, so you don't have to go back. You can also uh, email us at facingthegatespod at gmail.com if you have comments or questions or any of that jazz. Hell yeah. Like, comment, subscribe if you're on YouTube. Hell yeah. If you're not, give us a rating. Of five stars. Or, you know, whatever you feel like. It's This one was definitely like two stars, honestly. I give it two and a half. It was, a, right, it, it half. was a wild ride. It was kind of disorganized. If you just like a yeah. bunch of grown dudes sitting here blabbing Having their existential conversations. Yeah. Yeah. Then you'll think this was pretty fucking great. Yeah. Or you'll be like, this is a just a discombobulated hot mess and they're all talking about different things and going opposite directions and this is not a cohesive conversation. And that guy, but, David, he's a fucking atheist. Yeah, yeah. He, Michael uh, gets on tangents you can also, much. You can also uh, go on social media and roast David. Hashtag roast David. Send yeah. us our, your best roast on David and we'll, we'll let him know. Yeah, I love up. you guys, so roast me hard. Yeah. Rose Bailey also. I want to see that right up under Rose David on Twitter. Like I need, I need uh, a I think lot of. Tweets. I think Michael's gonna be the second easily most roasted. We should all yeah, be yeah. Roasted. Rose, roast, roast Michael. Yeah, roast, honest, roast face roast. in the gates. Roast us. Yeah, roast face in the gates. I need people to rip me a new asshole. <laughs> but and before we that, get on any more tangents, people decide to not listen to us. Yeah, we need to end this episode. Let's let's end it. it yeah, thanks for listening. Yeah, I appreciate it. I don't know how you managed to get through all that, but... I don't either. Great for you. You are a trooper. I'm so sorry. We love you, and yeah. we hope you tune in next time. Yeah, next time uh, we're going to do a Reflections episode. We're going to do... Uh, we're going to look back on all these arguments for God's existence and kind of uh, reflect on them, I guess. See what our final conclusions are. See if anything's changed since we started and whatnot. And, and then we'll be moving on to something new. Sounds good. Mama Mia. Thanks for listening. Love Luigi's you guys. the best Luigi. I love you. I love you too. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.